What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode six of Two Dudes of Sports News. My name is Garrett, and as always, I'm here with my co-host. What to do, what to do, this is Jalen Prince. All right, so sorry for kind of the inconsistent, uh, you know, recordings and releases we've done. It's, you know, life kind of gets ahead of you sometimes. So now we're hopefully catching up and getting on a regular kind of recording path. Um, but let's start off with a big one. Uh, let's get into some SEC drama, kind of everything that's been going on. For those of you who don't pay attention to college football, um, these past couple of years is the first time college players have actually been able to receive money for their image and likeness, brand deals, and stuff like that uh, through NIL deals. Now, uh, Saban, Alabama's save, or head coach Saban, came out and said a couple things in regards to um, Texas A&M getting the top recruiting class this past year. And he really kind of called them out for uh, paying their players, and you know that's the only reason why. And the world pretty much exploded from there. Uh, Jalen, you know, let's weigh on on this a little bit. What do you think, man? I'm trying my hardest because uh, I'm a Bama fan, and there's going to be a little bit of bias in between. Uh, in between all that, I don't know what all went down when you first got here. Do I believe that there was some kind of like um, quote unquote cheating going on where you was paying players to help out recruiting? Possibly, but like again, who hasn't done it under the book? So that's nothing new. Um, but going towards now, here's how I look at it. I actually watched the whole video with Nick Saban uh, when he was talking to a bunch of boosters. And from my experience, uh, from my experience, when a coach, when an AD, when an executive, when a person that's in a like uh, pristine um, position talking to a bunch of donors, they're going to say whatever they can. Majority of the time they try to say the truth, but it really they're going to try to say whatever they can to be able to be able to get more money from those donors. So I feel like Nick Saban was just doing the same thing. He was just talking as itch. Um, that's that. The second part that I took away was why did you bring up prime coach prime Deion Sanders, the head football coach of Jackson state and the Jackson state football program. I follow ever since coach prime got hot. I like took the job back in 20, I think it was 2021. Um, when he took the job, I followed him ever since then articles his uh youtube page when he joined uh barstool sports i listened to every episode of his podcast so i've kept it i've kept a lot of like in touch with a lot of that stuff so one thing i will tell you based off of the stuff that i've read and the stuff that i've seen they ain't got money like that and knowing and knowing coach prime i don't know him but one thing you can learn about him is he don't got money like that. He ain't getting paid a meal. And not to mention, like, you can, like, his kids will even talk, talk about it in, in, like, in their social media. Their dad is cheap. Promise cheap at times. <laughs> Most of the times he want to stay home because, like, he's, he's country style now, man. Like, when people think prime, they think about old school prime time Deion Sanders back when he was in Atlanta, Dallas, San Francisco, and NFL. He's still prime, but he ain't that guy no more. He's to himself. Like, that's just how he is. He's not going to spend a whole lot of money. But as a football coach, he uses what he got. That's the main, that's the main thing. So when, when Nick Saban brought up, uh, um, brought up Coach Prime. I'm like, 
why would you do that? And by far, like, far be it me questioning the GOAT. But that was one thing I had a question. I'm like, you ain't got to do that. Like, you could attack Texas A&M. You could attack anybody in the SEC. Anybody that's a high major PWI, you can go at. But in HBCU, yeah, that's off limits. That's the one thing I feel like right now, in a certain degree, as far as bashing and putting bad names on, that's off limits to somebody of that caliber. Donors, they can go after but when you're Nick Saban, when you're the coach of that, and if you didn't lose no top recruits, heck, you had a transfer. You had a, a like uh, Joshua Lanier, wide receiver for Jackson State. He came from Alabama. He transferred from there. And not to mention Nick Saban and Deion Sanders got a deal with uh, Progressive. They both worked together at that time. Now, albeit there have been some reports saying like everything, like not everything is good, but all all is kind of forgiven. It's not like tarnish the relationship. They're never going to be like friends anymore. Or work together. That has not been out because he apologized and stuff. But prime, prime in Jackson State didn't need to be said. No, not so at all. that's my only takeaway. Outside of everything else, did it make them sound hypocritical to a degree? But at the same time, I'm a big believer is when you've reached a certain status in life, especially in a profession, and you're keeping everything within that profession. When you reach a certain status, you got the right to say what you, you know, you got the right to say what you want to say. When you've reached that status, it goes back to the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. Will Smith possibly is the only brother, is one of a small percentage of people in this world that could walk up to a stage, smack another, uh, smack another dude in the face and walk out and not face no repercussions right then and there. We ain't going to get into that one, man. <laughs> but we're not going to get into it. That's why I said face any repercussions right then and there. Not <laughs> later on. We're talking that night. That's basically what this uh, this boils down to on that. That's what Nick Saban has earned on that point. But don't go off the HBCU. You can go about, you can go after anybody in the PWI, especially the ones that are in, like in your uh, in your conference. That's that's cool. That's fine. I ain't got no problem with that. I had a problem that you went out to prime. The big thing for me, and I mean, there's a couple things, I guess. I mean, I agree with you on a lot of that. A big thing for me is I've always been for a lot of these college players getting paid. I mean, it, it's stupid for them not to be. I mean, I, I understand the whole idea of, you know, oh, well, they're getting paid in a free education. Yeah, to a degree, if you're a scholarship guy. But if you're a walk-on and this is your dream and you don't have a scholarship, you're still having to pay for school. So you're going to a job after school while practicing, while keeping grades enough to play. Like, pay these guys. It's not that big a deal. And, I mean, a lot of these guys, to your point, are getting paid under the table anyways. A lot of star athletes have come out and said, you know, from years ago to decades ago, like, like absolutely, I got paid. Like, I had donors who were dropping stuff off at my, you know, front door all the time. I had people tell me, hey, whatever you need, like, I got it covered. Don't worry about it. So this stuff has been happening for decades now it's just legal and i mean this goes into business this goes into sports this goes into everything it's adapt or die so adapt or die you know grow with everything and you know do these in ideal deals and move on with this and this is nick saban and he's the master at adapt at, at, at adaptation exactly he, so he's it's, a it's master insane at that it's insane to me that he came out and made these comments so i mean for those who don't know like i said he made a comment about how 
it's insane that Texas A&M got the number one overall recruiting class, which to a point, I agree. I, A&M has never been that good. Granted, did A&M beat Alabama last year? Yes. But they didn't really beat anybody else. I mean, they're, they're a very middle-of-the-road team, and it was kind of surprising to see them get the number one overall class. But, I mean, hey, you hey, got to start somewhere. We'll see. Heck, I think they only got one guy that was able to make it into the first round. Everybody else, like, they were like going into last season, they were projected to have a bunch of guys that was going into the first round. Yeah, I, think they only got one, I think they only got one. And if not one, they didn't get a lot of people into the first round. So off the field thing, now albeit look, credit credit to AM. They got they beat they beat Alabama they beat Alabama last year. Right, we're giving, yeah, they did. We're, giving the, we're giving the credit on that they on like that they earned. And they earned that. They really did. Yeah. Uh you got you had the number one recruiting class. Well, we kind of knew that was going to happen, like in the state of Texas, because like we already knew Texas got boatloads of money, especially, especially with football. You thinking like billionaires and rich folk in Texas ain't gonna spend money for football? Texas Tech isn't good. Texas isn't good. A lot of these other Texas schools aren't competing with Texas A&M right now, who is in the biggest conference in college football at the moment. My thing is, how is Texas not competing? Like as far as recruiting now, that money and and, like the real conversation has got to be. Uh, if they're using NIL and money deals to be able to help get recruit, then what the heck is Texas Tech and Texas Tech on uh, like te- uh, like Texas doing wrong? Not winning games. We and, know that. But, we no. We we neither was A and M that much. <laughs> well, Texas is now going to be in the SEC in the next couple of years too. Texas and Oklahoma are moving to the SEC. They that's still think complete. that's a bad idea. Oh, uh, they're going to They're going to get whooped, but that's we'll we'll see that in a couple maybe years. Not, anyways, maybe not in baseball. That's nah, true. But let's get back to this a little bit. So basically, Saban talked about how AM bought every player on their team and made a deal for name, image, and likeness. I have no issue with that. Um, then he went after Jackson State, said they paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good D1 player to come to school. It was in the paper they bragged about it, but nobody did anything about it. That's a quote from Saban. Now, the thing that drives me insane, and for those who don't know too much about this whole Travis Hunter situation, Travis Hunter was the number one recruit in the nation this past year. He was supposed to go to Florida State. Yeah, I was pretty much locked in. He's a two-way player. He plays wide receiver and defensive back. Now, going to a D1 school, great. You get, you know, all the money. You get the boosters. You get the the recognition. You get everything. But here's the crazy thing for those who don't know about athletes moving on to the next level. If you are good enough, it doesn't matter where you are. They will find you. I think this guy can play anywhere, any down, whatever. And the biggest thing with him as well – if you're a defensive back and you might want to, you know, become a better defensive back, why in the world would you not go learn from one of the best to ever do it? He is the best to ever do it, but I digress. Yeah, it's insane to me. I mean, if I was a defensive back and I had the chance to go learn from Deion Sanders on how to be a better defensive back, I don't care what school he's at. That's where I'm going. On top of that, if you go back to some of the things they said, they talked about how uh, Travis Hunter got a million dollars. He actually came out and said, "I got a million dollars, or I got a million dollars, but my mom stays in a three-bedroom house with five kids." And Coach Prime retweeted that and said, "I don't even make a million dollars." So the coach isn't making a million, players not making a million. That school isn't bringing in that much money to cover that. I'm not saying, you know, again, not opposed to any players getting paid whatsoever at the college level. I mean, if they can, they can. Great. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of players who don't care if there's a multi-million dollar facility. They don't care what situation they're working out. And they'll work out in the parking lot if they don't have to take an after-school job, after practice, before class, and still do all this. It's insane to me um, why this is even an issue. 
So, I mean, the big thing for me is it, and what frustrated me the most about this whole Travis Hunter situation is, Jalen, do you remember when he committed to Jackson State yep. and all the Florida State fans were burning Deion Sanders jerseys? Everybody yep. was losing their minds saying, yep. oh, great, you've thrown away your career. Are you yep. kidding me? No, 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 no. This solidified his career. Oh, 100%. But like- this solidified his greatness. Because let me, tell you, let me tell you this. When he got Travis Hunter, and I'll go into that whole story about that one because, like I was, like I said, I followed every single podcast, videos, whatever you could think of. I've been I've been keeping track of Jackson State football and Coach Prime since he's been down there. Right, he got so, his first draft pick. So we get, y- yes, he actually should have got two. I think he did get two, but like, um, but shout out, but shout out to James Houston. Like that was what was like. I'm still ticked off with the NFL and with NFL Network and ESPN for only showing Florida highlights. And he got drafted because of what he did at Jackson State. That was disrespectful on that one. I agree, and but that goes back to what I was saying too. But that goes, but that if goes. You have talent; point. they'll find you. That, but they, um, but it goes to my point. Here's the thing: not everybody's at that same mindset, though, because now when you got the best of the best going to the same school, then you're going, then you're going to go to that same. You're going to go to that school, and you're going to compete with that to prepare you for the NFL. Because now it's not even about like whether you get looked at, or it's about like. If you're that good, they'll find you. Of course, they know that. But now the mindset, to a certain degree, is you're going to a place or going to a conference that has elite level talent to prepare you for when you go to the next level. So right. that's that's more so the mindset of that. But HBCU is on the rise, and it's going to be because of and it's going to be because of the help of J, of JSU. Going back to the Travis Hunter like whole like commitment. He made the decision to go to J- uh, Jackson State. Here's the reason why some people kept questioning. Prime said this best. And uh, real quick, Jalen Brown is going insane right now. But that's an, um, but we'll talk about it later. Travis Hunter, in the words of Coach Prime, he went to a Jackson State homecoming. Once Coach said that, once Flo- I felt like if I'm Florida State, and you find out that one of your recruits is going to an HBCU homecoming for a recruit. Game over. Just go ahead and give up. Go ahead and give up. Just go ahead and call it. There are certain things in life that you cannot compete with. And HBCU homecoming is one of them. Because when a HBCU, like other schools, that are not HBCUs. Their homecoming cannot compare to HBCU. It can't. I'm sorry, it cannot. The only thing that competes with an HBCU homecoming is another HBCU homecoming. And when you're a when you're a top tier athlete, and you're going on a recruiting on a on an official visit, and you go there, oh, if you're if you're a PWI, you better be concerned. So you take that to an account. But let's go into much more details with Travis Hunter. He even tw- he even like tweeted out or made a statement that was really beautiful in which he talked about how he wants to be a beacon of change where you can be, have elite level talent and you can go anywhere. HBCU is, the, is a place to start, uh, place to start because if we actually go back, I think there I think there are more NFL Hall of Famers that went to HBCUs in the NFL, in football history. I think 
that's a good majority. You think of Shannon Sharp, Michael Strahan, Jerry West, Walter Payton. Give you me Jerry Rice. J yeah, yeah, my bad, Jerry Rice. <laughs> you watching basketball, man? I'm I get watching it. basketball right now. So yeah. You know, I mean, to your point, man. Like you get some of these, some of the best players to ever play in this game. Not even just HBCU. Some of the best players to ever play in this game have come from non-division one, non-power five schools. Yep. Steve McNair came from Alcorn State. But uh, go ahead. Sorry, I'll let you finish your thing. I get, I get what you're saying on that. But the thing that most that you can just see from NFL scouts, they're going to look at level of competition and who they have faced. They may look good at one level, but like scouts and stuff like that and owners are always going to question who the heck have you played. And when you look at that, that's where your stock can re really like really shift. Think about the transport on uh, how the transporter is now. Where you got some guys that are at a high institution, but they're not getting a whole lot of playing time, so they transfer over somewhere else where they'll be able to get some playing time. That's one way right. to look at it from a, you know, from another degree. But when you um, but when you take um, but you take into account when they're trying to go into the NFL, they're able to be eligible going into the NFL. And when they look at your tape, if you're not getting a whole lot of media action and there's not a whole lot of coverage on you, then that's gonna then that's gonna knock down your stock it ain't right but that's the like that's the life we go because the media uh, because like media outlets run a lot of stuff when it comes to um, when it comes to stuff like that yep now the difference the attention it, the attention to that there's a difference between getting attention and getting attention from a big from a big school and a little school because one of them could get you into a first round draft pick the other one cannot the other one's gonna get you to a day two day three and like the big in the big outlook on things is like on like the main focus is to be able to get to the NFL. That is the main goal. But I'm hoping in the future you can't get some HBCUs to get draft, um, drafted in the first round because there's a money there's a because I'm going into the money factor of things. But that's a story for another day. Yeah, and I mean to your point, like you, some of the best players in the game now didn't come from a D1 school. Tyreek Hill didn't come from a D1 school. You have Jerry Rice. Uh, well, Jerry Rice obviously not in the game anymore. Jerry Rice, T.O. or Shannon Sharp, like you said, a lot of these guys didn't. Come okay, T.O. went to Chattanooga. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, that's right. A, that's, I'm saying non D one. Yeah, I'm saying non D one, not HBCU. But like, it, but it, Tennessee Chattanooga. Yeah, but you or you have some of these guys who went to these non Power Five schools, non D one, sometimes D two and D three. The Colts have uh, Kenny Moore, who went to Valdosta State. I mean, you have these guys who didn't go to the top school in the country. They didn't go to the SEC. They didn't go to a Pac-12, a Big Ten, Big 12, whatever. But they succeeded nonetheless because they took that opportunity they ran with it. Now, if you put guys like that with that chip on their shoulder who have the talent, who have the ability, with a guy who's been not only been to the next level but done it at the capacity that Deion Sanders has, I, it, it's it's a no-brainer. We, we can get on this one all day. Um Look. We, we know Prime is going to get a lot of really good recruits, and he's going to start, and he's going to help Jackson State become a pipeline for a lot of NFL talent. Travis, Hunter oh dude, it's be, coming. Travis Hunter is going to be the biggest of it. It's and coming. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Not to mention, you got to take account both. Of, you you got to take Travis Hunter, his sons. He's going to get some offensive linemen and some defensive linemen in there. He just got James Houston that was a transfer out of Florida. He's going to get some sec. He's going to get some more secondaries because they got talent there. And not only him, Prime would tell Prime knows talent. 
Prime knows talent. Who knows talent better than Prime? Who knows what it takes to get to the next level better than somebody who succeeded at the next level and covered who, some of the best? Not only that, who who knows how to be one of the greatest at that position than the GOAT himself? There you go. So that's another thing. Uh, so, like, going in with that, it was wrong for Nick Saban to uh, like go at them. That was my only problem. I didn't. I wouldn't have no problem if he went at Jimbo. Yeah, and I mean, it, I get it. I mean, it just it does seem kind of petty, but also you know we'll find out this season if it was worth it or not. Um, but hey, you know that's not anything over there. Um, he did apologize, so I give him props to that. Um, but in the meantime, let's actually get into something else a little bit. But let's keep it in the SEC. So. Jalen, I don't know if you remember last year, but uh, my Gators were a mess. And that's the nicest way to put that. <laughs> really? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> my Gators were a mess. We almost had y'all, but they were a mess. So a lot, there was a lot of speculation going on around what Mullen was doing, you know, the staff itself, who was to blame. So I wish I knew who to credit this article with. Um, but there was a Facebook page where um called off of the gators and i found this on twitter it was screenshot so i of course saved it because i thought it'd be great to talk about another show so someone did an interview with uh mordecai mcdaniel who's one of our defensive backs so i'm just going to read you pretty much what it says and i'll take it piece by piece and we can go over this and kind of get your opinion on it if you're game all right so basically it's talking about how many fans were chided last season for what was deemed conjecture regarding what went wrong at the university of florida under mullen in 2021 um, this author had the privilege of sitting down with someone who was there for the entire time. And basically they said he didn't hold back and pretty much said, you know, everything the fans were thinking was correct. So according to, uh, Mordecai McDaniel, Emory Jones started over, uh, or, uh, Richardson, my brain is shut down there for a second. Emory Jones started over Anthony Richardson because Mullen had predetermined Jones after Trask period. He said it was never about who was the better quarterback or athlete. Many of us wanted Richardson to play, but Mullen had already made up his mind before the season started. Uh, same author wrote an article last year titled Dan's Problem is Dan, where he suggested Mullen's stubbornness, not Emory Jones's merit, was the only reason he was starting over Richardson. And it turns out, according to McDaniel, that was correct. What do you think about that? Uh, Hugh Jackson. What? Hugh Jackson, when Baker Mayfield was first drafted. Right. And with Tyrod and yep. yep. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, and that's fair. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I love Emery. I'm one of Emery's biggest supporters. I've stuck out for him the entire year last year. I think he's a solid quarterback. I'm looking forward to seeing him ball out with Arizona state this year. Highly doubt you're listening, man, but good luck. If you are, you know, thank you for everything you did at Florida. We appreciate you. Um, wish you nothing but the best, nothing but success going forward. Um, but if this is true, that's really interesting. Now that I'm not trying to take anything away from Emory, but that does kind of start to build a little bit of toxicity in the locker room. Basically, the next thing, uh, the same author and other fans questioned Mullen's integrity when he claimed Robinson was hurt and couldn't play despite doing backflips on the sideline during pregame. So I don't know if you saw, but during the USF game, he was supposed to be hurt. Now, there's videos of him doing backflips on the way back into the tunnel. Wait, uh, John, Jones is supposed to be hurt? No, no, no. Uh, Richardson. Uh Jones played because Richardson was supposed to be hurt. And McDaniel laughed and said he wasn't hurt. Have you ever had an injured hamstring? You can't walk upright, let alone land backflips. Oh, I know. I pulled a hamstring when I ran the four, when I first ran the 40. Yep. 
it hurts. I was I pulled, not the same for at least about a, uh, for a long while. Nah, man, I tore my quad. And I mean, I know it's not the same, but it still hurts. Like you can't run. And if you pull your hamstring, hey, you know, you you're barely not walk. Yeah. You're not doing backflips. So apparently Mullen made that up. Allegedly. This is all alleged. I, again, I don't know Mordecai McDaniel and I don't know Dan Mullen. So this is all allegedly based on what they're saying and what this been reported. So some info suggested by this writer or not by this writer, sorry, some new info not suggested by this writer was according to McDaniel, Mullen began taking over the defense last season. So Grantham stopped calling plays during game day, allegedly, saying they would go into the game after having practiced a game plan all week, then it would be game time, and Mullen would throw out the entire plan and start calling plays. Him and Grantham weren't getting along at practice or in the games, and then they all started getting each other too on the field. To me, and I don't know about if you agree with me or this or not, if your defensive coordinator, the guy who is making as much money as he is to call the plays, is not allowed to call the plays, but has been preparing for it all week and suddenly on game day, it's like, yeah, no, we're not doing that anymore. That causes issues, man. Like, that's yep, that's insane. So, basically, we're talking about how bad it got. Now, what they did go into is because Mordecai McDaniel is still there. They talked about some of the positive changes that have happened under Bill Napier. I love Napier. I think it was a great hire. I'm really excited to see what he does. I'm really interested to see how he's revolutionizing almost this new style of coaching where he brings in this, you know, insane amount of staff members and it looks like it's paying off and the team, apparently the team loves it. So McDaniel said that they're all feeling like the coaching staff actually cares about them. Now he said the team has gotten close way beyond what they used to be, which has had a positive or has had positive ramifications of practice. He says, quote, man, you should see us in practice. We got guys flying all over the place now. The coaches are all about mastering fundamentals. We ask them when we're going to get our plays, and they told us we will get them when we get our footwork right. It's so different than before. They would just hand us the plays and tell us to learn them. Now we're practicing fundamentals constantly, and the coaches expect us to execute them to perfection. It's all about discipline now. It's real, which I don't know about you, but I appreciate. I mean, you're not – I I would love if they actually had the playbook, but, again, I don't know how true all this is. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, but the fact that you're focusing on doing things right, you know, actually – not just relying on raw athletic ability, doing fundamentals, getting this done, and doing the things that have gotten you to this point, and really trying to master that instead of just being good at it. I think that carries some weight. Yeah, nothing. So, kind of talk about some funny incidents. Uh, basically, Coach Napier told the team that the shirts couldn't be baggy, so and a lot of them didn't listen. So after practice, they came off the field, and the athletic trainers came out with scissors and basically gave them all halter or uh, halter tops. And nobody's worn baggy shorts or baggy shirts since, which I think is funny. Um, rocking that Ezekiel Elliott. Um, they also said that. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, every pretty much whole team seems to have bought in. Everybody's really up to go. Um, they said or asked if he was surprised that Mullen was fired, and he says, "Quote: Nah, he quit after UGA. He was done when he called the team meeting and tell us he was let go. I didn't even go because I knew he or." I didn't even go because I knew what he was going to say. But those that went said he came in and said that he wished them well and walked out. No conversation. We also we got out of the deal. That was crazy. Talking about just it, it, it's insane. I mean, if this is all true, I, the fact that that went on for as long as it did is mind-numbing to me. you got a guy who's making millions of dollars who almost doesn't seem to care about the team at this point. He's gone now, so you should be straight. <laughs> Anything special um, we had. Also, I kept questioning and said, like, all right, so you got Billy Napier out of Lafayette. Like, Louisiana Lafayette, yeah. Isn't it yeah. weird that I got beef with two former coaches 
for Florida. Both of them were under the same regime at one point. I got uh, beef with Urban Meyer, and I got beef with Dan Mullen. What about Will Muschamp? I'm okay with Muschamp. I, he wasn't he wasn't ready for that coaching role, but I mean, I got nothing against the guy personally. You know, it's not like he tried to tank the program or didn't care about the team. He just wasn't ready. So I got no beef with Muschamp. Um, it's mainly just Urban and Mullen. So, all right, fair enough. But yeah, man, let's wrap up that SEC football thing. Let's get into OTAs, man. Have you been hearing anything about the OTAs from your Seahawks? Uh, not much from my Seahawks outside of just like you know Drew uh, Drew Lock's been um they keep, they keep saying Drew Lock's been looking good looking good and stuff um I think DK I think like no no big news as far as anybody that hasn't been reporting uh we did pick up Marquise Goodwin nice so you know good on um, like good job on that point but not really sure what on what more is that or what all that's gonna do. Uh, there's been actually a lot of good reports about uh, the second round, our second overall pick um, in this year's draft. Actually, I want to say either second or third. Uh, with a uh, like, mo- like trying to think, uh, Boya Ma- uh, Boya Mafe out of out of Minnesota. There's been a lot of good reports on him saying that he's been he's been looking good, has a pot- uh, has some potential. So, you know, not much to report on with OTAs. Uh, the big story that I've heard from OTA so far this year is well, not even much big. It's about the Patriots. Um, a lot of oh, guys, yeah, a lot of guys said Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been looking real good, but um, right now the controversial thing is going on. Who's going to be calling? Who's going to be calling offensive plays now? Yeah, no, that's interesting, man. Like the, some of the things they're saying are like they don't. This is the first time anybody's ever like kind of almost doubted Belichick. So it kind of it, it's interesting. I mean, I, we'll see how they pan out. Oh but. yeah, I definitely I definitely doubt Belichick this year because <laughs> you got you drafted two running backs and only one receiver, and the receiver that you drafted was only deemed as a deep threat, not even much as a guy that's be able to gain a whole lot of separation. Yeah. And a lot of people even had you getting at least two or uh, two receivers from Alabama, and I saw the dude at the pro day. I don't get it, man. And Belichick and Saban are close too, so that's weird to that, me. Yeah, that was weird. I'm like, bruh, he get you listen to him about Mac Jones, but you ain't listen to him at receiver. Heck, he 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 produced like Nick Saban has been breeding like star level receivers in the NFL, longer than he's been able to like finally get the quarterback right. Yeah, in the NFL. So like that one's baffling. Um. Yeah, also, congrats on going to the NBA Finals. Yeah, we'll take it, man. I'm pumped. I mean, because did we just finish up uh, beating the Heat? Uh, y'all are up by 17 with one minute and thirty and 32 seconds left. That's 3-2. Albeit, albeit I know it's going to be 3-2, but, like, I don't see – the way Miami's been playing, Jimmy Butler hasn't been able to score. And when Jimmy Butler's not able to score within the playoffs, Bam Adebayo is not much of a, like, a go-to score type of player. Um, and Tyler Hero is hurt. Not to mention he hasn't been balling like he's been. Um, I don't see Miami going to Boston like in two day, uh, like today Wednesday. I don't see Miami going into Boston on Friday and winning and forcing Game Seven. I just don't see it. Hey, we'll see. I, I don't want to say anything. I'm not gonna say anything until we're there. We're not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and say it for you. Well, here's what I will say. Based on everything I'm seeing out of the Jaguars OTAs, I might have been very wrong about Trayvon Walker. I 
Define wrong. Watching the way he's practicing and the way the coaches are raving about him, I think that I might have been wrong. I think he's going to be really good for us. And I've told, I've said it too. I would love to be wrong. I want him to ball out. I want him to be, you know, a stud defensive end or a stud edge or edge rusher opposite of Josh Allen. I think that'd be fantastic. I'd love to have two bookend edge rushers that are just dominant. I, I think it'd be fantastic. But again, I'll reserve until we actually see. Um, that's what that's what I'm saying. Because, bro, you're going off based on practice. I know. Talking practice. Yeah. <laughs> now, the at one least, at least. Wait for on, on like wait for um wait for preseason. That's fair. Now the one thing I will say that I don't want to ETN's back and healthy. I love to see it. They look like he used him as kind of a jack of all trades thing. Now the one thing I don't understand what is up with every NFL team throw or putting up uh, videos of their quarterback throwing little five yard you know curl routes and slant routes and like these. Like, uh, like I saw it today with the 49ers, Trey Lance. They're like, oh, they were Trey Lance with three for three at practice. I'm like, he's thrown a five yard, a seven yard, and a 10 yard hitch. I would hope he can make that. Throw. I'm going go, to go ahead and answer it for you. We missed the NFL. No, I get it, but it, this it's is, a whole this is t- Look, this tr- dog football runs this country with the iron fist. I know it. Any bits and pieces that we can get of the NFL. Whether good or bad, we will take it. I agree, but man, some of it is like really. We I wasted time reading this and watching. No, this. you didn't. I crazy a little bit. No, you didn't. A little bit. No, you didn't because you slick enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoy because I'm talking about it, it now. Yes, it slick enjoyed it. Not to mention, like, not to mention, one it keeps your mind going. It got you. It got you thinking about what the season is going to be, and it's helping you get and it's helping you cope. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with everything. Mostly, it's more. Why am I watching this? Why? We, why look, is your social media team promoting this? Look, credit. Look, credit to USFL for doing this thing, and I've been hearing a lot of good things. I haven't seen a lot of games. I haven't even seen a whole full game yet. It's been getting better. Uh, uh, yeah, but like, up. it's not the it's not the NFL, and it ain't college football. Until like, no. dog, we we we're cra- we're craving it. We're craving it, and the fact that we gotta wait until like a lot of people go back to school or like in my case i graduated just like for me trying to secure a job so i can be able to stay down like down this way and be still be able to work some jobs that allow me to go to games like that we are still waiting for that we're still we're still we're waiting for we're waiting for football man we're waiting for football season i hear you i mean i'm gonna try to catch a couple jags games this year if i can i'm excited about the team granted i'm excited about the team every year um, except for last year, because I didn't like Urban, and I was right. And every now and then I'm right. Doesn't happen very often, but every now and then <laughs> I'm right. I think I gotta go for myself. Like if I, especially if I start making good money and I handle my uh, handle my bills and stuff. My goal is to make it to one uh, like my first NFL game this year. I've never been. I'm tr- I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I might have to get you out to a Jaguars game if I can. The silence is deafening. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll see how we're looking. I'll approach with that. We'll try that again in a couple weeks or a couple anyway, months. But anyway, congrats to your Celtics. They just won. They just yeah, won. man. One by um, thirteen. I'll take it. Yep. Let's see if we can close it out, boys. Let's go. All right. Well, that's how I'm feeling about kind of OTAs. I'm ex- Jags are looking good. Um, I just. I, 
can we not send the three-second snippets of very simple throws and very simple workouts and very simple everything? Like nope. it's it's reaching for a story at this point. I don't want to see it no more. Yeah, it's a waste yeah. of time. Dog, that's you. But people that are still craving football and just can't wait until it gets back here, they, they'll take what they can get. So that's that's that one standpoint. But before before we end the show, we gotta go, we gotta touch on this. Our thoughts and prayers to the people of I think it's Uvalde, Uvalde Elementary School in Texas. Yeah, in Texas, thoughts and prayers to those um, thoughts and prayers to the families of the victims, and thoughts and prayers to the people in Buffalo. Absolutely, it's a very sad and tragic th- uh, tragic thing that it has to happen. But we're not going to get in too deep in politics and certain issues. And the reason why, and the reason why I'm not overly like um over like overly like I'm saddened by it. But this is the sad part about where on the world that we are in. I'm not at all shocked. No, and that's the problem. I think things need to change. And yep. the, the fact that this is without getting too into it, the fact that this has become almost normal is insanity. Yep. So but again, thoughts, go ahead. Sorry. Thoughts, thoughts and prayers to the family. Absolutely. Uh, we just pray, we just pray um to our Lord and Savior. We're both Christians. So whatever you pray to, whatever your religion is. Just, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to that, and we just hope everything gets better. Absolutely. So sorry for the somber outro, everybody, but, you know, thanks for joining us again for Episode 6. Um, we really do appreciate it. Please like, rate, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We'll take five stars. Feed those algorithm gods. Yeah, we appreciate all of it. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if you like it, tell a friend. If you didn't like it, that's fine. This never happened. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Peace.